0: You're listening to the Redeemer London podcast. For more information, visit our website at redeemerlondon.org. Twin brothers, I don't know if you would picked up. We <laughs> coordinated our wardrobe this morning. Just before I get started, I'd like to uh, ask people to stand. If you serve at the craft the noon on Tuesday. We did a craft afternoon for the community. We had 225 in here for our free craft. So if you were involved in that, if you could stand right now, we really appreciate you serving. Thank you so much, guys. Anna, don't sit down. Mr. and Mrs. Hamilton's first time in church. Let's have you stand as well. These guys got married a fortnight ago, it's their first time back in church, it's great having you with us. Right, we've been doing a series through Lent, I don't know if you've given anything up for Lent, but today it's all finished. If you've given up chocolate, you can go and find it and eat as much as you like. If you've gone without telly for the last 40 days, I'm glad you're here, you can have a good binge this afternoon. Whatever it is you've given up, now is the time for it to stop. I guess the reality is, isn't it, that Lent is a whole thing of where we sacrifice things so that we can encounter with God. We're looking forward to Easter. That is the purpose of Lent. I don't know if you've ever looked forward to something and it's not quite worked out as you'd anticipated. My father's here today and when I was a student, I used to work in the garage where he worked delivering brand new cars and I always wanted my own car. I was a a teacher by trade, so I spent four years doing a degree, which meant I couldn't afford a car. I got my first teaching job, and I remember praying, God, I'd love a car. I'd love a car. The week before I get this car, I'm driving a friend's car. Nikki is sat next to me. The friend is in the back. It's a wet, dark evening. I can still imagine it now. I'm going on a slip road to go down onto the A20. I was living the other side of London. It's dark, it's wet. There's a slip road, dual carriageway, leading down onto it. And suddenly, I look up and see that a car has stopped right in front of me. I think, oh, I've got to pull out around it. It's not gone on the hard shoulder; it's just stopped. But the lights have filled my mirror, so I thought, I can't go around it. I don't know what's there. I slam on the brakes, and I just cannot stop, smack into the back of another car. They say to me, oh, our car's fine, and they drive off. I drive home, the next day when it's light, I look at my friend's car and it's almost a write-off. I feel bad because I was driving it, so I had to pay the excess on his insurance, which meant I couldn't afford... To ensure the car I'd just been given, I'd waited years for this car, and suddenly the whole thing goes wrong. What on earth has that got to do with Easter? Well, the reality is that the disciples had been waiting and waiting, and things were going well. If you know anything about the Bible, you'll know about Jesus Christ, that he'd been traveling with these disciples for three years. There's excitement and there is momentum. They are looking forward to a Messiah. This was going to be the liberator of Israel. And suddenly they come upon Jesus. What do they discover about Jesus? He feeds the hungry. He heals the sick. He sets the captive free. He raises the dead. He confronts the religious. He cares for the poor. He's shown mercy to the foreigner. He teaches with wisdom. He performs miracles. He walks on water. He controls the wind. He suddenly arrives in Jerusalem and they think this is it. We call it Good Friday, but they wouldn't have done because suddenly everything goes wrong. He's arrested by a mob. He's illegally questioned and endures a mock trial. He's flogged and given a crown of thorns. He's struck and spat upon. The crowd turned against him. He's stripped and humiliated. He dies on a cross and he's buried in a borrowed tomb. What do you think the disciples were thinking? That's a great question. And we've got some very talented folk in this church that have made a video that we're just about to watch. This is a modern take on how Mary, Thomas and Peter were likely to have felt after they discovered Jesus has died and he's in the tomb. We thought he was the one. Let's watch this.) It was late. <clears throat> I wanted some shot, but <clears throat> he wouldn't sleep. I followed him with the crowd. Another man, Simon, carried it. He just looked so. I brought a blade. I was ready. Yeah, I I remember when we first met. When I first met him, <laughs> he was he was willing to stand up for people, uh, and it was meant to be a, a revolution. It, it it felt real.
1: We came to the garden
0: with him. Betrayed by our own. I stopped first, took a wild swing, took off his ear. He grabbed hold of me, pulled me back. And... Then everything you say makes sense. Where are the clouds from heaven? And now it just feels Hollow. It feels empty. It feels like There was so much shouting. I I couldn't hear myself think. There was so much spitting and... hate. What am I doing now? What was the point in all of that? I don't know what you mean. I don't know what you're saying. I kept saying that. She kept pushing me. Why couldn't she just let it go? The way they mocked him. Nobody. No one should be treated like that. Tell me, where was his dignity? Before the cop crows. He knew me. He knew me. When they took him. Destroyed me. I couldn't see the tears from the blood. His body was so. Oh, sorry. Um... His body was so fragile. And then it all went quiet. He is my closest friend, my lord. My supposed mentor. <laughs> he was our leader. Uh, I, you know, he's, he's gone now. So, where he's leading us to? Joseph. He went there. The tapes said it was empty. They're rumors, you know. Some people say things, it's but now I know. Doesn't make sense. It all makes sense Now. now. They even took the body. I mean, where did it go? He's alive. I've watched it three times at home and cried every time. Thank you so much, guys, for making that. I just want to look, though, through the, th- the eyes of those three people. I think, how did they cope with the death of Jesus and what has changed? I thought first of Mary. that You saw on the video how she felt emotion. She felt distance. She felt crushed. She felt shocked. What do we know about Mary? Well, we know from the Gospel of Luke, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, four accounts of the life of Jesus, that actually Jesus had met once with her and and cast demons out of her. We know that ever since then, she'd been watching Jesus carefully. It tells us in in the book of Matthew, Matthew chapter 27, that she watched from a distance and saw him die. We know later on in, in the next few verses of Matthew 27 that when Joseph took the body of Jesus and wrapped it in a clean linen cloth and he placed it into a new tomb, that Mary was sitting there watching again. We know that on the, on the, what we call Saturday, they called the Sabbath, that they weren't allowed to do anything. But we know early on what would be Sunday morning, John tells us in John chapter 20 verse 1 that she gets up, that she goes to the tomb and that she sees it is empty. In the same chapter of John, the question is, woman, why are you crying? She says, they've taken away my Lord and I don't know where they've put him. At this she turned around and saw Jesus, but she did not realize Many of you will know the story. Jesus says to her, Mary. Suddenly she realizes that he's risen. And what do we then get? In John 20, she runs and she tells the disciples, I have seen the Lord. I bet there are still some people sat here today and when we're all singing and getting excited about this risen Jesus, you probably feel a little bit like Mary. You feel like I've watched him from a distance. Maybe you feel like, well, actually, my my husband or my wife is very close to him. I went to church, maybe, as a, well, I went to a church school as a kid, a Catholic or an Anglican school. Maybe my friend was really enthusiastic at university and they told me lots about Jesus Christ. But actually, I've always kept my own distance. Maybe you think, no, it wasn't Mary at all that you related to. Maybe instead you thought it was Thomas. Thomas, how did he feel? He felt doubt and confusion. He felt disbelief and questions. Why? We don't know much about Thomas. There's some talk that he had a twin, but we don't know. All we know, the only one thing recorded about Thomas in the Bible is that he asks questions. In John chapter 14, verse 5, Thomas says to him, Lord, we don't know where you're going, so how can we know the way? In fact, even if you don't know anything about the Bible, you may well have heard the term doubting Thomas. It's almost like a thing thrown out now, isn't it? It's almost like people that don't believe, doubting Thomas. That comes from John chapter 20. Jesus has appeared, he's risen, he's appeared to the disciples, and they go, wow, Jesus, you're alive. But actually, the others were there, but not Thomas. Thomas, also known as Didymus, it says, one of the twelve, was not with the disciples when Jesus came. So the other disciples told him, we have seen the Lord. But he said to them, Reach out your hand into my side. Stop doubting and believe. Thomas said to him, My Lord and my God. Let's be frank, you could be like Thomas today. You could be sat here and, I don't know, it's Easter Sunday and you suddenly thought, I would go to church, but actually I've got loads of questions. How do I know this is all right? Why do good people suffer? What about other religions? Where's it all going? That's why we run the Alpha Course. That's why we'd encourage you not just to come and hear an Andy Kind comedian at a pub. We'd encourage you to sign up at the Alpha Course and ask your questions. Or maybe, if you're really honest, out of the video, the person that you relate the most to is Peter. Peter felt shame. He felt remorse. He felt regret. You see, Peter was Mr. Motormouth. He thought he could do it all. Jesus said to him, you know what, you're going to deny me three times. He said, never. Peter was the one that was actually quite confident in his own ability. But in the end, couldn't pull off the game that he thought he could play. John 18 tells us that Simon Peter was standing there warming himself. This is by a fire. And they asked him, Aren't you one of these disciples? This is why Jesus is being interrogated. This is why the mock trial is taking place. And what does Peter do? He denies it. I'm not. One of the high priest's servants, a relative of the man whose ear Peter had cut off, challenged him. Didn't I see you with him in the garden? Again, Peter denied it. And that moment, a rooster began to crow. Peter, in his arrogant way, thought he knew better than God. Maybe you think, actually, I'm not a Mary that sits at a distance. I'm not a Thomas that doubts. I just think I know better than God. But then actually it all goes horribly wrong. You sit here and you can look all like, oh, things are going well, but underneath it, I don't know how my business is going to survive another year. I don't quite know what's going on. I've got to the top of my game and I still feel hollow. But what happens when the risen Jesus meets with Peter? You can read about it in John chapter 21. When they'd finished eating, Jesus said to Simon Peter, Simon, son of John, do you love me more than these? Yes, Lord, he said. You know that I love you. Jesus said, feed my lambs. Again, Jesus said, Simon, son of John, do you love me? He answered, yes, Lord, you know that I love you. Jesus said, take care of my sheep. The third time he said to him, Simon, son of John, do you love me? Peter was hurt because Jesus asked him the third time. Peter denied Jesus three times. He now asked him three times, do you love me? He said, Lord, you know all things. You know that I love you. You see, the resurrection changes everything. It is the central theme of the whole New Testament. That's what the Bible is about. That's why this hall we hire. But many churches, if you go to the hall where they meet, they're even built in the shape of a cross because the death and the resurrection of Jesus is everything. This is why we break bread each Sunday because actually we want to remember that Jesus died and rose again. It is the centre of everything. They did a study of children aged 8 to 15 in 2014. 90% knew that Jesus was nailed to a cross when they asked about Easter. 90%, 90%, if you said, What's Easter about? Oh, Jesus, he died on a cross. But 29% did not know that God raised Jesus from the dead. Now, I want to ask us even this morning how many of us know that? How many of us know that Easter, oh, it's about Jesus dying? That's why you have crosses, isn't it? But how many of us know that Jesus was raised from the dead? You see, the message of Easter is not that Jesus is alive, it's that he has risen. Because that means, therefore, that he's conquered death. It changes Mary completely. Mary's always watched from a distance, and suddenly she comes close. It changes Thomas. If, if you read the book of John, and, and unfortunately we couldn't go through the whole thing now, but I would say uh, Thomas' declaration is the pinnacle of the gospel of John. He suddenly declares, my Lord and my God. So the one who's doubted expresses trust. Why? Because he's engaged with the risen Jesus. It changes Peter. Peter who's, who thinks he's got a blade, is that right? I took a blade. I had a swing. I took his knife. You know, i to take his ear off. That's what we heard in a video. And suddenly he knows that God loves him. It's not about what he tries to do in his own strength. God loves him. Now you might think, I'm not sure if I feel like Peter or Thomas or Mary. I want to suggest this morning that the resurrection asks, answers every question any one of us is asking. I'm just going to quickly explain this. You see, I believe that the Bible teaches that right in Genesis, the first book of the Bible, it means beginning. There was a Garden of Eden. And literally, what happened is is, is people were born to have a relationship with God. But the Bible calls it sin came and entered. And that has not only destroyed our relationships with one another, it's destroyed our relationship with God. And there are three effects of sin. One is this. They built fig leaves because they were guilty. And suddenly we're aware of guilt. They hid from God because they felt shame. And they even said to God, he said, why'd you hide? He said, because we're afraid of you. The result of sin is this, guilt, fear, and shame. And I think actually that's the basis of many cultures today. Now, if you're white British, you might say, well, actually, I'm a bit more of a guilt culture. You know, when the old camera flashes, you think, oh no, I was speeding. You know what I'm saying? I suddenly feel guilty. It's right and wrong. Other cultures is more about shame. Or other cultures can be about fear. But I think this is the effects of sin on all of us. But actually, Jesus on the cross, he took your shame and instead gives you honor. Yeah. He died naked and alone. So that you can be clothed and forgiven. That's, that's the gospel, isn't it? Yes. He took your fear. We read about the cross that the wrath of God was laid upon him. There was the wrath and the anger. He took your fear so that you can know innocence. The word that came in the worship this morning, your sins removed as far as the east is from the west. He takes your shame so that you can be honoured. He takes your fear so that you can know power. He takes your guilt so that you can be declared innocent. That's the impact of the cross. This is why we're excited about Easter Sunday. Leon Morris, he was an Australian... Uh, he studied uh, the New Testament. He says the cross is the victory, the resurrection is the triumph. The resurrection is the public display of the victory, the triumph of the crucified one. You see, what well, this, this suddenly changes everything. We love giving away free eggs, but we love even more introducing people to Jesus Christ. C.S. Lewis, he was a British novelist, poet, poet, and academic. He said this, The New Testament writers speak as if Christ's achievement in rising from the dead was the first event of its kind in the whole history of the universe. He is the first fruits, the pioneer of life. He has forced open a door that has been locked since the death of the first man. He has met, fought, and beaten the king of death. Everything is different because he has done so. And so suddenly what he's trying to say is, actually, if you understood this story, you would realize everything is different because Jesus Christ endured death and rose again. Watchman Nee, he was a Chinese. Look, I'm trying to cover every continent for you. Our old history ends with the cross. Our new history begins with the resurrection. So this is why nobles up here getting excited all about Easter. And a risen Jesus, it changes everything. Yes. Doesn't matter if you're Mary, doesn't matter if you're Thomas, doesn't matter if you're Peter, it doesn't matter if you're actually none of those, but you think I recognize the effects of sin in my own life. Yes. Then the risen Jesus changes that. You may be sat here this morning feeling despair, doubt, or disappointment. But the resurrection can change that. Hey, that's incredible, isn't it? You suddenly think, wow, a fresh start. It's almost like all the barriers of trying to do something are removed. I am not a very tall person. I accept that. When I was at school, there was a sports day. If you went to sports day in my secondary school, you got the day off lessons. I was not very academic at school, so I thought, fine, I will go in for sports day. The reality was that the only thing that I could represent my uh, house in, I was in Yellow House, it was called Grenville, was the pole vault. Now, I'll be totally honest, I'd never pole vaulted in my life, but I could go along and represent the house in pole vault. And so I thought, well, I'll do it. It's a day off lessons, you know what I'm saying? And so literally, this is no word of a lie, secondary school, I was probably about 15, they started at 90 centimetres. I was so short, I couldn't even jump over 90 centimeters. I had three attempts, and I failed every one. But I still had a whole day off lessons. (laughs) The reality was, there was this barrier I just couldn't get over. It was too high for me. Now, you can laugh at me, because I was short, and I recognized my own weakness. What's the barrier you can't get over? Because the cross can remove the barriers. John Piper, he's an American pastor and author, says this. The best news of the Christian gospel is that the supremely glorious creator of the universe has acted in Jesus Christ's death and resurrection to remove every obstacle between us and himself so that we may find everlasting joy in seeing and savoring his infinite beauty. So the resurrection of Jesus offers you a fantastic change. How do you feel about that? Will you you take it, or will you sit back? Will you say, this is mine, and I'm in, or are we just going to think about it? (laughs) Timothy Keller, the last one, he says this. He's an American pastor. If Jesus rose from the dead, then you have to accept all that he said. If he didn't rise from the dead, then why worry about any of what he said? The issue on which everything hangs is not whether you like his teaching, but whether or not he rose from the dead. We honestly believe that Jesus Christ rose from the dead. That's why we're here. I was brought up in a Baptist church, and the pastor always used to say there on Easter Sunday, he is risen. And everyone used to go back, he is risen indeed. Let's, let's give it a go, just for me. He is risen See, we believe that here. And we believe it's not just something that we say, we believe it can change everything. It changes your marriage, it changes your future, it changes your eternity. If you are like Mary, Thomas, or Peter, if there is distance, doubt, or despair this morning, I would love you to go away thinking, golly, he is risen. I know that we have these booklets on the table. Why Easter? Because this is what we're all excited about. As Christians, this is more important than Christmas to us. Jesus died and he rose again. We'd love you not to be caught in the three days like the disciples. Not to be thinking, oh, did it all go horribly wrong? But to come out the other side with a sense of excitement. Wow! Everything changes when I see this risen Jesus. Amen.